I wonder if he's going to do a story on those bighorn sheep. They just, well, and I think he wants to talk a lot about the ocelots too. I want to talk a lot about the ocelots. So that'd be great. Stumpron at gmail.com is already taken. No. (laughs) Yeah. Many have tried. Ron, how many people, how many, how many trivias are you in? Right. There's an, there's an attorney in town that fancies himself a trivia master. And I did kick his butt in trivial pursuit. (laughs) There is a lot of worthless information going on up in this bean. All right. Stumpronrivia at gmail.com. We want to make it wild and exposed, don't we? Make it easier to remember. Oh, you know what? I messed this all up. I'm like creating a new Google account. I just need to close some (laughs) tabs and calm down. Easy. (laughs) Got all excited. But I I know it's available, so I can go back and get it. Maybe I'll get it in AOL. If there's any funny stories, I think that would be Silver Sage. Jason singing. I'm going to, oh, speaking of, I want that video. Since I got the Silver Sage crap thrown out there for all the world to see, literally crap, I've got videos of Jason singing when we were looking for lizards. So I want (laughs) to make sure we get those in the show notes as well. Was he karaoke style or was he just Dude, he full was, on just singing? He was belting it out. I mean, it was loud enough. I could film it from the back seat and get the audio. He was he was going because me and Hunter were sitting in the back seat talking, his son. And I'm like, hold that thought. And just started filming Jason. And he would just go into town. Everybody got quiet. Everybody was laughing except Jason. He was He was singing. He was getting with it. <laughs> what was he singing? Oh, I don't even, whatever came on. It was, <laughs> it was a fairly eclectic collection. And then Jason knew them all. Carpool karaoke with Jason Loftus. Yeah. yeah. It's like the wild and exposed Miranda rights. Miranda Anything rights. you say can and will be used against you. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're the editor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Unless you're the stinking editor. All right, let's do it. Welcome to another episode of Wild and Exposed Podcast. We've got a partial crew tonight. We're missing Jason Loftus. We've got Mike, Brandon, Jamie Day, and uh, Drew Hamilton coming to us from the Great White North. Fellas, how we doing? Good here. Good here. We're great up north. It's uh, it's Aurora time lapse season. It's cold enough outside. You just want to set up your camera and go scurry back inside and collect it later. Why not? You all need to go look at Drew's uh, Instagram because he's been putting up some Instagram goodness. Some Aurora teases. Well, I've got that full sky. I've been having a lot of fun playing around with that. I've got that uh, Laua four millimeter that I've been putting on the Sony. So they get the full full sky because uh, I've always that was been what always bummed me out about Aurora photography is no matter how wide you get you just couldn't quite seem to get wide enough and uh, and here in Churchill being right under the oval and the northern lights are filling the whole sky and you're just taking even at 14 millimeters you're just taking little snippets of it and so I've been on this quest to try and capture this more immersive uh, 
so it is it is it's shooting the, the sphere so i'm losing the edges of the the image but yet it's got everything so and you can't hide yeah from it, yeah so might as well yeah, yeah. you've yeah, told us well. it's really really cool <laughs> at night up there <laughs> well and then i might as well go uh go back home because i can't hide from the camera you know it, you're sitting in the nose in the back like picking your nose or something you're you're in the frame so you got to just leave might as well be so what do you couch. do just point it straight up straight or do you up have a little bit of an angle no I, I try to well it kind of depends on the on the terrain around but uh for for compositional aesthetics uh but no i generally try to uh, aim it straight up and sometimes i'll put it up on top if i'm going to be out there i'll put it up on top of the van or something just out of the way uh, you have then to, you've so got you this little stay out of it, right? Yeah. Right. You're hiding underneath the camera kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a ton of fun putting together some, uh, some Aurora full sky time lapses. And how is that lens? Is it pretty good quality? Mm, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's more a novelty than anything else. There's and a, what's there's the a aperture on it. Two eight. It's a two eight. Um, but I've got some other, uh, lens, combos that i'll need to i'll need to like get like a speed booster i've got some ideas in the works it's all theoretical at this point but when we're ready to we're going to get it dialed with this and then when it's time to up our game we'll uh we'll we'll make that leap but that's all the future that's what that's what 2023 is going to hold so when people come up there to take a an aurora tour with you are most people after stills or is it getting to the point now where everybody wants video in which case then they start shooting time lapse well, so, so time lapse, yes, everybody wants to do a time lapse and time lapses are hard because you have to, well, one, if you've only got one camera, you all, you need a designated time lapse camera to do it right. And then just set it and forget it kind of thing. Don't tinker with it. Cause what happens is you'll, uh, you'll have your time lapse set up over here and then the Aurora will start going over there and then you, then FOMO kicks in. <laughs> you're like, oh, but the timeline, and then the then the the stills over here always went out, and so people go home with like seventy five three second time lapses that don't match up at all. So, uh, so for the for the time lapses, you got to have a designated camera, uh, but the the live the real time video is just a little out of reach for for most cameras. There are a few, uh, there are a couple Sony's that can do it, and then uh, and then the problem is the iPhones can do it now. So yeah, you've got you're spending all this money on DSLRs and lenses and all this stuff, and then maybe the right tool for the job is your telephone. So when you're doing it with the telephone, though, like I I shot some last year, and I was just hand holding, and they're okay. But if you put them on a computer, they're terrible. But oh, don't don't put them on a computer then. That's the <laughs> workaround. You, yeah, just do Instagram only. <laughs> Can you put it on a tripod and just mount it up? And is it pretty decent quality? It's just like, yeah, it's, it's just like your picture and it's not quite great, but it's better than you're going to get with your, your fancy cam unless you've got a few, unless you've got a specific setup to do it kind of thing. We're just not quite there with most models yet. Cause it is, it's a fringe, fringe thing. Like, uh, it's not now the photos, you know, the, the leaps and they've made in, in ISO noise reduction, all that stuff. Uh, like Aurora photography has never been better. And so video is going to be the next, the next cool thing, but it'll, it's probably two generations out from being available for, for everybody outside of their phones. Yeah. 
When people show up and you're talking to them beforehand, do you tell them bring two cameras and you just need to know that you're going to dedicate one to time lapse? Or is that just so new that people just don't? No, it's, I mean, we talk to them ahead of time and say, okay, what are your goals for the trip? And if time lapse is, is on there, then yeah, you need to bring in a a specific camera. And, And actually that's a fun one to rent, you know, something that you would, you know, or use use whatever, and then rent something new and exciting to try out while you're while you're on vacation, uh, as you're or test it out before you come. <laughs> Make sure it all works. Uh, but yeah, and bring something fun because because you're using again these wide lenses that aren't. I don't think like the perfect Aurora lens for Churchill is going to be in that uh, kind of ten to twenty. Well, I even tell people twenty four is too narrow. Uh, just because it does fill the sky to the the degree that 24, you're feeling kind of cramped. So go wide as possible. And I just think um, like a 14 mil is not in most people's bags kind of thing. So it is a fun one to, to pick up and test out or even going into the fisheye realm. Uh, I've got a 10 millimeter that's super fun and it's got this cool distortion. And, and so that was actually my favorite, uh, my favorite lens of the year, I think was this cheapo 10 millimeter two, eight manual focus, $400 lens. It was just so much fun just to, to play around and, uh, it's sharp enough. Looks cool. Make it blurry. Call it art. It doesn't work out. <laughs> what, what lens was that? What brand? Uh, you know, it's one of these, Is it it's like, like a Rokinon or no, something No, like it's that? like a, a seven artisans or a TT artisans, or it's just here off the, just here out of reach. I think he's going to go get it. That'll be good for the YouTube audience. We'd get to see it. I agree. I think if I was going to go on a specific night photography shoot, I would definitely rent a Sony A7S three because that's what that puppy is built for. It's built for video, but it definitely is the low light king. So I think you'd have to have one of those in your bag. What, what was the original question? How's it going? Yeah, we don't, <laughs> nobody remembers at this point. That was so long ago. No. So I went on a little bit of a bender last year, trying out all these experimental lenses. And this was the one that I, I enjoyed the most. And it looks like it is a seven artisans, seven artisans, 10 millimeter, two, eight. Nice, compact, fully manual kind of weird it looks all metal too it looks pretty good it's all metal you could whack somebody it would hurt like it's a polar bear defense whacker mechanism so is that that's the olympus mount on there or do you have to run a no this is the sony this is the sony because i use the a7s3 for the for the aurora stuff and then i've got see and this is the 24 that i started with and this is the rokinon 24 millimeter cine t15 but it's a it's a little too narrow kind of thing then we've got the sony g master 14 millimeter 1.8 so that's got to be a pretty good one that is yeah that's when you just want it done right that's the one you use <laughs> when you're not when you're not messing around anymore and actually they do they make a, a g series 20 millimeter that i think is i suspect is just a little sharper I don't know, there's just something about it that uh I don't know. But that's 20, and you said that one's 14, right? So 14 right. just for where you're at, that's what you I go want. the 14, yeah. And then I have a couple other fish eyes I didn't even 
don't know. I just, I was a wildlife photographer for so long. I just went nuts with the, the wide angle stuff, having the Aurora right out my, my front door. Well, the good news is it's not the high dollar telephoto stuff. So you can afford to buy a couple, right? You're like, ah, oh, it's 200 bucks. The reason you started out with 24 when you lived in Alaska was 24 enough in Alaska. Yeah. Because you're at a lower angle. So if I was in Anchorage and I'm shooting down low up towards the north northeast, uh, that 24 was was great. I even going up to Fairbanks, I did uh, I used it on some trips up into the Brooks Range, where that's where I first started. It was when I was started hanging out right under the Aurora Ola that I was like, oh, 24 is a little bit a little bit wider. So that's when I rented the 20, that 20, and really liked it, uh, but it was a little too narrow, and then got this. Uh, 14 and the 14s. Yeah, that's the go-to. You said the 14 is a 2.8? 14.2.8. Or no, it's a 14.1. So for stills then is, so you're shooting Sony, is that for mostly video? And then for stills, is your Olympus work? Or do you still stay with the Sony for stills too? Um, I do bust out the Olympus every now and again, but um, right now I've got a two camera system. And if I took the Olympus out, that would mean a three camera system. And frankly, that's more than I can handle. So just in the, uh, <laughs> in an effort to keep it semi-simple, we're just going with the, the, I have an A7S two and three and th the two is just the backup basically yeah. at this point. The A7S S series is definitely, I mean, if you're going to be a night sky photographer and specialize in that, there's no other camera on the market that comes anywhere close to the performance of that thing. That's well, it was crazy. It's but I was what, just 12, talking to the, 12 megapixels, 12, 12 megapixels. Yeah. I was just talking to Alex, uh, my uh, co-owner here at discover Churchill about this tonight. And so he's talking about getting another, another body. And so he's got the D eight fifty, which is, is still one of the craziest Aurora cameras you can get. It's fantastic. Um, but he was talking, he was asking some questions about the Sony and the 12 megapixels, you still, it's not quite as, yeah, I don't know. There's, there is a certain, something's missing when you go from a D850 to a 12 megapixel on the Sony. But, uh, but for what I do, it's got a different. What's missing? Is it missing for like prints or is it missing like color? For Sony's going to be good for for video for video and that's basically Way why i got it for video is because i just wanted to be able to do that was the thing i wanted to try and capture what it's like to be to have the lights moving around you and and stills stills are cool but that video is where and then i wanted to get more sky and then suddenly i'm i've got these full-on extreme fish eyes <laughs> all sorts of novelty stuff that are they're they're totally worthless for everything else but living where you live it's kind of important because you got a lot of dark nights you probably have more dark nights than bright nights uh no i think there are more bright nights are there well let's see so aurora season like we'll we'll start getting aurora it starts getting dark enough because we're basically the same latitude as kodiak right here so we're at 58 degrees north and August 1st is about what time you, or when you'd start expecting get out to get some Aurora. Um, and it never gets, it's actually a really cool time of year to shoot Aurora because the sky is still kind of bright and then the Aurora is strong enough and you just have this 
different color palette. There are lots of blues and oranges and, and things like that with sunsets. And then you get the greens and the northern lights and things like that. So, um, so that's a fun time. And then, yeah, and then here coming up in February and March is when it just gets crazy. That's when it, cause it's cold enough that the, the cloud it's, there are no clouds. It's, it's clear, just eight o'clock. There we go. <laughs> Let's go set up the time-lapse. Well, and that's the other cool thing. It seems like it happens a lot earlier. It happens. Is that true? It's by my, by my observation, it does. Um, you know, I just remember all those nights in Alaska trying to stay up till two o'clock in the morning to see what's going to happen. And then here, I mean, it's a little cloudy tonight, but yeah, it's been eight 30, nine o'clock. I think the last three nights, the time lasses I've done have been from like eight 30 till 10 o'clock. So very civilized, but then sometimes it'll go all night. Like a, a buddy of mine sent me a picture from, he was getting up early to take the kids to school and go to work and was getting Aurora on his way to work. That's rough life. So is the, <laughs> are the, are the reason you're using a Sony for ISO? Is that what your problem is? You're just trying to use a high ISO to film this for video. Yeah. For video. Yeah. It's the high so, ISO, that low megapixel in the noise management, basically. So have your buddy rent a a seven four it down samples on the sensor and it actually has pretty good noise at high ISO I actually filmed some drift cars at 16,000 ISO and it's fine. Really? So do, they, uh, do they That's have the... a rental shop right there in Churchill? You can grab one. Of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Drew's house. <laughs> Drew's well, we discovered Churchill. We've got to deal with lens rental, so you can you can get fifteen percent off and bring with you. And then uh, uh, Don's photo down in, in Winnipeg, I think, rents cameras too, or rents stuff too. But yeah, my buddy's you know coming who else, back up. You know who else does precision? Precision. Camera. Ah, <laughs> well, we our, can cut our, our actual sponsor. Yeah, cut uh, cut, cut all these out. <laughs> <laughs> do they do they rent uh, wide angles? They must if they rent stuff. Uh, I they, should see what they they got. have. They have a pretty good rental fleet. They don't have probably the numbers that some of those others do, but they have the lenses available. We should get Mike on and talk about some of the specialty lenses too, because I would think they'd have plenty of like telephoto stuff. But when it comes to specialty wide, it's probably just not as much. Although, don't they say one of the darkest places in the lowest lower forty eight is in Texas? It's out by Big Bend, isn't it? Yeah, Big Bend That's is supposed heard. to be the darkest with, yeah, no light pollution at all out there, or not, not much. And we've got places that are on the in the top 10 in Wyoming, but I think Big Bend just has no ambient light to the, to the south, southwest, where you're going to get into the, the Milky Way stuff. Well, we have Ben Masters coming on the podcast up shortly, so we can ask him because he's probably shot down there plenty. Yep. Ooh, they've got the. Now I'm just shopping here. I'm on their website, and they've got the the G Master 16 to 35 2 8. That's a great Aurora lens. That would be wide so. While you're shopping, uh huh. Let's transition into I'm just the put that in the cart here. The favorite points of 2022. Drew, hold on. 20... Before we do can that, can you hear us? What... Is this still <laughs> Drew? Can you hear what? us? Oh, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, I was just adding some lenses okay. to my cart. Cause you were just headed off and we were, we were on to a different conversation. <laughs> About time. Go ahead, Mike. Needed to end anyway. <laughs> well, it started raining here 
in Colorado, I don't know, probably three or four hours ago. Is it raining up there in Douglas? No, we're not getting any preset. We got a pretty good snow, but we haven't had any rain after. It's been warm. It was 50 degrees. It went from, so we had a 115 degree turnaround. Um, it was 65 below. And of course that's with the wind chill. And then it was uh, 50, 51 yesterday. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It was so warm out this afternoon, and it was just raining here. So, And then it's supposed to turn to snow, so then you're going to have that icy bottom, which ought to make for spectacular driving conditions in the morning. Yeah, it, it honestly makes for some good video around the house, too. <laughs> some uh, YouTube, vi- or, yeah, YouTube viral video? I'm not, I'm not naming names, but... There, there's video available and it's not. <laughs> all right. That's all. I, I was just curious if it was raining in Wyoming. Hmm. So what we're going to do tonight is um, since we've covered Aurora, we're going to go ahead and move on to the favorite moments of 2022 for, for each of us. And again, we are missing Jason. I know, um, I know he'd have some good additions to this conversation. Unfortunately, he's on the road tonight. Uh, but Mike, I know you had a major highlight. Yeah, mine all started too, and I didn't even, I mean, it wasn't in the plans at all. It's about this time last year, I got a phone call and they're like, hey, do you want to go shoot in the Arctic? And it's one of those scared to death moments. Like, I don't know that I want to go hang out in minus 45 air temperature, no wind chill, no nothing for like three weeks, it just didn't, it sounded scary. Right. But then you also are thinking, well, this is a bucket list, right? How many people get to go hang out and, and film? I got that call and decided to do it. And it was, it was awesome being able to fly around the Brooks range and then camp out for 10, 12 days. And then put up with those temperatures, which really we've heard us in the podcast or heard me in the podcast before. It really wasn't that bad. And if somebody asked me to do it all again, I do it in a heartbeat. And then fast forward to the summer and I get another call and they're asking, Hey, can you go shoot the Arctic only in a different spot? So I'm going way further North. Can you shoot it in the summertime? And that not nearly the butterflies as far as you know, dealing with extreme temperatures, that was more like, can you hang out in a tent for 45 days? And I'm like, eh, that doesn't sound real appealing, but again, it's a bucket list thing. And how many times can you, from the day I got there to the day I left, the sun never set. That that was kind of cool. Plus we got to see all kinds of cool wildlife and just seeing that environment. You know, I think I talked about it too on the podcast. It's I had no idea what to expect, but you get up there and it's all sand. You know, I just would have never thought in a million years that it was just going to be sand everywhere from the riverbeds to the sand dunes. And it's just flat as a pancake up there other than the sand dunes. But you get a drone up in there and it's spectacular. I mean, just what you get to see from a drone is amazing. If you're flat on the ground, there's amazing stuff in the wildlife, but you just don't see the beauty of all the wetlands and all everything that's just making up that whole Arctic region. So for me, that was by far and away the highlight. Did you put those images in the show notes on the last podcast or could you at that time? I didn't, I'm not sure. I'll go back and look. I'm sure I put, I'm 
probably put a few in there, but I can, we'll put some in the show notes here and just throw in some of the drone shots that I got. And then, yeah, those pot, we weren't shooting stills at all. That stuff was, that stuff was incredible. So which which was more challenging, which was more challenging, the winter or the summer? Definitely the winter. I mean, it's so hard. You know, I was the ground crew, so I didn't get a chance to, you know, cover hundreds of miles in a helicopter and see all kinds of stuff. So, well, I did towards the end, but in the beginning it was, you're just camped out on a frozen lake and you just minus, you know, every day it was minus 30 or colder. And then we didn't really start at the cameras till it was minus 25 or warmer. So you spent a lot of time just hanging out in these tents waiting for the temperatures to warm up. But that was by far and away the most challenging. I mean, you're just bundled up. It's harder to move around. When we did see wildlife, it took me for, you know, you'd have to set up a tripod, get the camera going, do all that kind of stuff. And generally, by the time I had that going, the wildlife was gone. So for shooting, it was was that. In the Arctic, we got a chance to use blinds that we set up. You know, we're there for 45 days. So we set them up immediately when we got there. And then we just slowly moved them closer to our subjects. And then we were able to see and film some amazing stuff. So the challenge there was just the time, you know, just 45 days in a tent, eating freeze-dried meals. But if you asked me to do it again next year, I would do it in a heartbeat. I think that was, that was the thing for me though. I mean, you're up there and you're seeing some different things. You're seeing new things every day, new to you because you're in a totally different ecosystem than what you're used to, right? Yeah. And if I was a birder that was seriously keeping a list, I mean, I could have added and I did add, you know, I, I keep a really loose list and I don't really, you know, maintain it like a lot of these birders do, or even a lot of the photographers, but the number of species that I saw that I would have never, ever seen if I wasn't there, Mm -hmm. that was huge. And having people there that knew how to identify them, that probably didn't hurt. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. We I did buy a couple of books, and I'll put those in the show notes too. There was a really good Arctic wildlife book. Mm-hmm. So I would come back to camp every day and start scouring through that book, just trying to, you know, if if the people that knew were, weren't were at camp and I couldn't ask them right away, I would, I would just go in and try to figure it out. But there was just, I don't know, probably, I probably added 60 or 70 species to my list that I would have never seen anywhere else. That's awesome. That's the kind of trip that makes you a birder. You can't help it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Cause you do get interested and there's way more birds up there. I mean, there was caribou and there was bears and there was wolverines and for big animals, that was about it. But did you say you birds had some are everywhere. Arctic Fox as well? Oh, and there was Arctic Fox and red Fox and wolves. So I guess there was quite a bit of stuff, but we weren't really focused on red Fox or, and the wolves, all we saw were tracks and he would, no, I don't even think we heard him there in the winter time. We heard wolves a couple of times, but we never saw them. Hmm. But that was by far and away the highlight for 2022. There are some other cool things too, but um, let's go around the room and see what everybody else has on their list. Brandon, how about for you? Uh, I mean, it was definitely brown bears for me being the first time that I was able to photograph them. But from a personal standpoint, it was, I finally went pro and I'm doing this full time now. So 
that was a big thing for me. Um, terrifying, but it's working out okay, and we're doing okay. Does went went pro? Does that? Does I mean bought the, nice Does that pro. mean the same thing for you that it did for me? You just decided to quit doing anything else and just do I got it? this thing. It says pro on it. So <laughs> no, I uh, I'm doing this full time now. So it's uh it's my job when I wake up. It's my job when I go to sleep. Um, I've never worked so much in my life for so little. If that makes sense, <laughs> like. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Oh gosh. Well, cause there's just all these things that you don't think about. Like you go to these art shows before and when you're doing it on the side, right. And you, you fill out your little event form and you pay the sales tax. But then all of a sudden you start making a lot of sales and you're like, well, I got to stop paying quarterly sales tax to the state. And well, if I'm shipping it, then I got to figure out the state registration, all these things that you just haven't thought about enough. And, or at least I hadn't thought about enough. And then dealing with clients is a whole new level. Um, where I was on the other side before, and it was easy to be the pain in the butt, but now I have to deal with some of those requests. But it's it's the most fun I've had. Um, I got out, one, just being able to do what I want. I got out in that weather last week, and... I went and tried to film some ducks. Nothing moved, so it was a bust. Um, but anytime you get that ambient temperature that separates, right, you start getting the the steam that comes off the water, and there's any running water. And so I wanted that kind of steamy, dreamy look with those ducks and went out there and laid in the grass and got really cold. But it was the most fun I've had in <laughs> a long time. So um, I don't know. It's it's a good time. But yeah, definitely the Bears was unreal for me, just being that close to them. Was it what you pictured going in? Absolutely not. <laughs> really? Absolutely. Really? Well, what did you picture? Well, like bears here. Like when I go find bears here, it's, I don't know, you, you go find a bear and they're black bears and I don't know. They're big, but they're not monsters and i don't know if you get close to them they spook right as soon as they smell you or even hear you they're gone and if you're lucky they're up in a tree eating acorns and you can get up pretty close to them and get a decent photograph but when you first it's the experience and i talked a little bit this on the podcast before but like you're jammed on this Zodiac and you're like floating in there and you're like, Oh yeah, you got to get off pretty quick because of the tide. And there's like, there's like a set rule book, right? Like you can't, you don't mess around with this. And they're like, okay, you're going to get off and then you're going to like walk in a line this way. And then you get in there and it's like, there's a bear there all of a sudden it's not a hundred yards away. And they're, they're like, no, just go this way. And you're walking through these trails and you're thinking, man, there's a lot of trails up here. And, like, well, we came in by a boat, so they're not hiking trails for humans. They're bear trails. <laughs> and you're just and then you start looking around and you're like, they're everywhere. <laughs> and then you get down in the water and this barrel be fishing and it'll walk by you. And I remember this big boar, he like 
he missed the fish and he kind of got mad and so he like kind of grumbled and like did his little like and like walked away because he was grumpy but you could feel it it was just like i don't know it was like i imagine it for me was the equivalent of like staring at that t-rex you know when he like sniffs the dude in jurassic park it was that moment for me where it's just like you like feel it and you're like what am i doing and i don't know well i'm sitting there with a big 400 and i have my iphone out because it was too much and i'm like (laughs) so yeah it was i don't know it just nothing that i thought it was going to be hey ron i think you're muted i said having the time of your life that's what that's what you were doing yeah, it was it was it was a good time. Definitely memorable. Except when Mike pushed me in the water. So Yeah, well I got some footage of him with like eyes the size of silver dollars when a couple of bears came pretty darn close and you know, it's like you gotta hold your ground. You just sit there. It's not like you got a place to go, right? And you know that the bears aren't gonna get you. You just but having that be your first time, it's it walks by or walks turned around and walked away and he looked at me and his eyes were like, Pew. it was great. Yeah. I would say if you like, I don't know, I was thinking about it. The first time you do everything is it's always the best time, right? They're like your first hamburger you've ever had the first brown bear. There's another few first times that we all remember, but if you're going to do it for the first time, like that's the way I would want to see a brown bear, not from, I don't know, some big ship on a, alaskan cruise or something like that i the way i did it was the way to do it just get right in there and sit with them Immersion. i don't think you'll get any disagreement here from this crowd no. <laughs> definitely not no i always just the thought it was problem is expectation <laughs> yeah i was it was just always such an honor to be able to sit there in a place with all these bears and they they pay you just if you're doing it right they're paying you no mind and uh yeah no just hearing you talk about it kind of gives you chills no, a little like bit I, thinking back yeah yeah it's just exciting well the weird thing like i'm a generalist right i'm not a wildlife biologist or anything i'm just a generalist when it comes to photography but you start to notice all these little personalities with each bear and they they look the same, but they don't really look the same, right? And so you start to pick out all these little details that you can spot just by the tuft on an ear or there's one bear that had a little tumor that you could just notice. And so you start spick, like picking out all these bears and you start realizing how different they are and all the personalities that they have to develop within this little ecosystem of this river for... I don't know, a month or two, right? And there's lessons to be learned in there. Like if they can all coexist and deal with each other and eat happily, there's something to be learned in there for all of us. And so there's just, I don't know, it's fun to be around nature and actually spend time without a cell phone to actually be bored if I'll call it that, not bored, but you know what I mean? Like you can go back to a boat and not have anything to do and just think about something. So um, that definitely adds to the, the trip. Well, you can't go back to the boat without uh, shooting the shit with Patrick. <laughs> oh, Patrick, I got a video. He would drive down to Denver and hurt me if <laughs> I showed it, but 
that guy is a riot and the whole crew, but he, he specifically is like one of my favorite people and <laughs> he's a great dude. We have a lot of fun. Do you miss Homer? Uh, well, so I would always, he, I never saw him in Homer other than when the boats were coming and going. <laughs> like that was where we met up. Uh, but no, he's up in, he's up North. Well, it's yeah. the time, but we, we, we do text occasionally and keep in touch. Okay. I'll send you a video. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so Patrick actually deleted that video off of Brandon's phone, but he didn't go in and you know how it doesn't delete it right oh, away. It just yeah. puts it in the deleted folder. So Brandon was like, I'll show you. And he pulled it right out of the deleted file. <laughs> and then sent it to, sent it to Jeff and all of them. So. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, <laughs> well, you can't talk about it without putting it in the show notes. So, I think so, Patrick. You're just going to have to go on a different trip next time. Well, you don't want to make him mad because he, he does. He does run run that whole whole thing. <laughs> yeah, he's in charge of the zodiacs because you could uh, you could not have a zodiac ride. I bet I bet he could, could be, I bet he could just flip you over like just kind of just flip to the wrist and suddenly there you're you're over the edge totally totally <laughs> or make you get out in the deepest water so you submerge your waiting. <laughs> right. Well, that's not hard with me. Right. <laughs> Apparently, the water tester. Well, good, Drew. So what about you, Ron? What was the highlight for you? Well, for me the the highlight highlight was the birth of my grandson and um, he had some medical complications. So he was in the NICU for a little over two months uh, down in Denver. And in that time I had, um, because I was full time at that time as well. And so I had several trips, uh, did some trips to Minnesota um, one to on a commercial shoot that Mike set me up with. And then uh, right on the tail end of that rolled right into loon workshop and then came back and went right back down and saw him and being able to plan your own schedule at that time was perfect because I could be down there as much as possible. So that was obviously the highlight. I would never put anything above that, but I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a first guy too. When, when I would take the kids out when they were little, it was always, you know, let's, we got to find something new today. And that was each, that was the goal each day. And it might've been, you know, it might be a porcupine. It might be a skunk. It might be an owl when they were young. And then you start to see those things. And then it's, you know, first time you saw this particular behavior. Well, this year I finally, Mike, after, I don't know, probably five years of invitation. I finally made it to Southwest Colorado and filmed the, the collared lizards. And it's all Mikey's even has it on. I don't know if it's your current business card, but on one of your older business cards, that was an image that was on your card. And then you can see the, the elk in the background and just to the, my right is a collared lizard on the wall behind him. So it's always something that I'd wanted to do. Just listen to him telling the stories. And we got down there and it is a long ways down there. It was a, about a, well, it should have been 
about a nine and a half hour trip. And I think with the, with the traffic in Denver proper, it turned into about 11 and a half hours by the time I got there. Um, but seeing different parts of Colorado for the, you know, first of all, uh, we talked about it with on a, a couple different podcasts, just these different points in, in Colorado, some of the biggest sand dunes. Well, I think maybe the biggest sand dunes in the continental U S and then, you know, there's some wildlife areas that I didn't expect to be around and just being able to see some of that stuff and, you know, some places that I'd like to go revisit at some point. Um, but those colored lizards were, they were an awful lot of fun to photograph. And again, just being around something new and you're learning everything fresh. I can go out and, you know, if I see a sage grouse, I can tell you exactly what they're going to do and probably how long it's going to be before they do it. But to go out and see a, a new species and just be learning every second. And that's what I enjoy is just the, the learning piece of it. And so you're learning every second. And by, you know, even just spending a couple of days with them, two, two and a half days with them, you could start to kind of predict behaviors and predict when they're going to go or predict which ones were going to be cooperative, which ones weren't that kind of thing. So it's, it's definitely something that I enjoyed. And then, you know, that loon trip that I talked about, that was a first for me too. I've never uh, filmed loons riding on the back or with the, with the chicks, the newborn chicks. In fact, my experience photographing or filming loons is, is very limited to a couple trips to Alberta. Um, but that time that we were able to spend in Minnesota, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciated that. And, you know, you guys were talking a little bit of, you know, about the, the birding opportunities that you had in the Arctic and there's not, you know, there's not as much diversity, but there's quite a lot of diversity between Wyoming. And then you just get to those pothole areas in Minnesota where there's a lot more water and the species that you see up there are, uh, they're quite different. And even around the cabin where we stayed, there were several species that I've never seen, let alone photographed. So it was a, it was a fantastic trip. And then to see those behaviors and, and have an opportunity to get up close and personal, get some just crazy images of loons riding the backs and um, all different kind of light conditions. We had, we had great conditions and I can't say that the trip would have been the same had we not had the water that we had while I was there. But um, yeah, we're going to go again next year. And if you're interested in going along with, please let me know. We've got a couple spots available. What was that bird that they were giving you a hard time about that you hadn't added to your list? Uh, that, and it was something that you just see on a fence post. R2D2 bird, the bobolink. Bo bobolink or bobolink. Yeah. I called it a bobolink. I'm not sure if that's correct. Um, but yeah, they sound just like R2-D2 in the movie when they, their song. But I got, I got up early one morning and went out just to see that bird because they said, oh, both mornings we drove by. We saw it and I never did. I don't know what I was looking for, but I didn't see it. And it was just clear across this pasture. I didn't get any images of it, but. I did see it and hear it, and it definitely sounds like R2-D2. The R2-D2 bird is a good, 
it's a, a good analogy for for the bobolink song you know brandon was working on a video that w- for our our gopro stuff where we're trying to get the mountain lions on the camera traps and we were sitting there and the sand hills flew over and so you got the sand hill sounds which are amazing ptarmigan sounds which are amazing and fun and just so cool and then if you got birds like that i mean it'd be fun to just go out and do a bird soundtrack i bet you can just hear all that stuff if you just pull up that what merlin app and they've got all the audio in in that app but and stan tequila um who did this trip with stan's got uh just some crazy audio setups that he utilizes and he's got a lot of those sounds cataloged and and he kind of turned me on to to audio and you know, once you start doing video, you realize how important audio is. And I know Mike did, if you go back and look on the YouTube channel, Mike did one with the bears and he was just collecting sounds basically online. Right. And it had to go in and introduce those sounds to, to match with what was going on in the video. And a lot of time, a lot of those sequences that he shot, now, audio is incredibly important. You look at, look at you know even watch those blue planet or planet earth and watch it then rewind it and watch it with the volume completely down or maybe do that first and then turn it up and listen and watch it again and you realize just how much the audio adds to what you're seeing visually and so that's that's something that i've i've tried to be a collector of audio because you get to a certain point in the day and you don't really want to shoot because the light starts to get a little bit harsh. And so take those opportunities then and, and just focus on the audio. Collecting audio, like, uh, Jason Loftus, uh, carpool karaoke. Carpool karaoke. Yeah, I did. I did get a couple samples of that. And I think, uh, <laughs> we'll throw them up for your listening pleasure. <laughs> We'll have to limit it to like, uh, I don't know what the law is, but they're copyrighted songs. So we'll put it up for whatever, 10 seconds or whatever they allow us to. Yeah. But, and and this was my contention with Mike. I said, well, yeah, but Jason's singing a cover. It's just a cover song (laughs) (laughs) because he's really what you can hear. So yeah, that was, uh, that was new for me as well. And I, I neglected to mention one, incredible highlight from that same trip in Minnesota. I did get to see the world's largest ball of twine. <gasps> there's a weird Al song about that. There's it's <laughs> been on my list since uh the vacation movie back in what early eighties? Because he saw all the, the world's largest ox and the world's largest ball of twine. <laughs> so went and hit all those things. And I was a little bit disappointed at that they didn't charge admission or anything like that but it was an impressive ball of twine for sure back on the audio for just a second (laughs) that what brandon was referencing with that one boar that was making that sound you know how you hear that glunk glunk with when the bull elk Elk, yep it was so similar to that and drew maybe you know when you get those big boars that are just like i don't know it's like when they're sucking in air and it's just a, like a, I like can't a even replicate it. Like kind of a, a bellowy 
kind of exasperated. I think it just comes when they they're yeah they're just kind of <laughs> they're moving so much air through there. Is it mostly just the boards that do that? Because I've never heard it from on a that I can remember mm. on a female. But it would, no, I think they think do it that, too. I guess maybe I don't know that we're talking about the the same sound. But they, it sounded like you know when the velociraptors are chasing the kids through the kitchen in Jurassic Park. <laughs> do you remember that? And they're like looking around and they make that like noise that's kind of a clicking but it's a breathing noise could you could you could you do it could you i can't i can't there's a popping sound it's copyrighted as well there's a a popping sound that they make back in their throat uh that almost sounds like you like a human would replicate it by clicking their tongue kind of thing but that they actually well i think it had a portion of that but then it was it was kind of similar to more of the glunkin I call it glunking. I don't know what all these that technical terms, <laughs> but the elk do it when they're like walking, you know, when they're walking around the harem. Yeah. I I've got like the, the breeding grunts, but I think that's a different sound than what you guys are talking about. This yeah. is why you audio know, is so important. Like this whole discussion it's exactly right. could yeah. be resolved if we just had a recording of it. And I've tried to do so much of it, but then the challenge is like Ron saying, try to get audio when you're not busy. But for me, it's always a problem because you're dealing with running water or you're dealing with wind or you're dealing with all these other elements that it's so hard to just isolate that one cool sound that you want to get. Or you're dealing with photographers that, I mean, you're, you're there to do the same thing. So I'm not, I'm not saying that it's bad that somebody else is there. But the toughest part about audio is in the places where you're shooting. Typically, there's other people shooting. So you've got, if you don't have a directional microphone, you're picking up shutter while you're trying to pick up the audio of the animal. Right. It's getting better and better now because of the silent shutters. But mm-hmm. but they're still talking. And there's, you know. Well, and I've got this condition that as soon as somebody starts recording video, I have uncontrollable f-bombs just pour out of my mouth like i i just when i'm in proximity to somebody recording video i i render all of their their audio unusable for family audiences anyway (laughs) yeah i don't know i just can't help myself yeah we can't get a g rating no that's why that's why it's important to carry a parabolic mic with you because you might be in proximity of drew well, and we did have some of those parabolic mics up in the Arctic, and they're pretty awesome. But yeah, they don't get everything. It's a whole nother thing to be carrying out there, and it's like a big, big uh, old dish. Yeah, and if it's dish. windy, yeah, don't even or bugs take it out. Every time a mosquito hits that parabolic <laughs> dish, <laughs> it's a thud. Splat. You know? So then we were trying to cover it with t-shirts and. Uh, <laughs> And then the, there, it's not cheap. I mean, you're talking a couple thousand bucks to just get that set up. Yeah, but I, you know, that's one thing that I've tried to do is collect some audio when, when I can, whenever it's quiet, when I'm by myself, that kind of thing. I'm always trying to get some audio. And um, one of the things I did on the, I don't, this is a industry secret, I guess. But one of the things I did on the documentary that we were filming is try to get some audio and it wasn't necessarily audio that was going to go on the show, 
but it was audio that they're going to use to recreate the audio that's going to go on the show because those sound designers can create any sound that's made in nature. They can replicate it in the studio. And that's what these guys do. I mean, they're rubbing sandpaper together to act like a, a fox walking through the sand or something. It's pretty crazy. And, the, you know, a snake slithering through the sagebrush, they just drag something across the carpet and record that sound. It's pretty amazing what they can do after the fact. Um, but that's, you know, that's an art form in and of itself. And I don't have time for any more art forms. I'm still trying to figure out the two that I <laughs> have chosen to pursue. But a so tip that I have is, uh, if I know I'm going to be out all day and I'm going to be in a general location, I will take my microphone and a zoom recorder and I'll hit record and just stick it in a tree somewhere where I think I'm going to get some birds or I might get a moose walking by, or I might get something that's usable wind blowing and just set it there and leave it for two or three hours and then come back and get it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a pain in the butt because you got to go through that minute by minute to figure out what you got, but it does give you some usable, just nat sound that you can use in a production. It may not be specific to what you're showing, but it's going to be specific to the area, which is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Or you get two hours of me dropping F bombs on your, <laughs> you only do that. You only deploy that mic when Drew is not around. You learn, you know, it just takes once. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I got something trying to eat the dead cat that I had around my, the balloon that was around my mic had it covered, you know, with a, a wind protector, call it a dead cat. And something decided that it was going to have an easy meal. Apparently I left it too far out into the light where the birds could all see it and they were thumping on it pretty good. So I got a lot of the same thuds that you were hearing from the mosquitoes <laughs> on the dead cat audio. And Drew, or I mean, uh, Brandon, we, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to ask what you're using to record that, Ron. Are you using a Zoom recorder? Or are you Zoom, using one of those? Yeah. A Zoom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. And if you're using the parabolic mic, you, you're doing the same thing. A Zoom is a, it's a good recorder. And you get, you get a little bit of noise, that, but you can take it out in post the same as you can, you know, edit your video. Mike does it with us all the time. There's a lot of little noises that are going on in the background at each of our offices or whatever. And, and Mike has to isolate those and take them out. So it's, you know, it's definitely doable. Drew's F-bombs. And Drew's F-bombs. He's done fine work so far. It's pretty, <laughs> yeah. Pretty well behaved on the podcast though. <laughs> so Drew, what are your highlights? I think I know. Oh man, there are a couple I probably should start with right out of the gate, of course, uh, getting married and having a baby that was all in 2022, which is, uh, frankly, the whole year has been a blur. So it's, it's tricky to, to, to pick out highlights, but those two definitely rise to the top. So yeah, everything has been different <laughs> since May, uh, so to speak. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's just been, relearning this lifestyle and, and, uh, getting, still getting settled here in Churchill. We bought a house. Dang. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I was going to say you moved you from moved. Alaska to Big Churchill. Move. Well, that was 2022 too, no, right? That was 2021. 
Well, you did it in the fall yeah, of 2021. So fall 20. So, you know, we, we bought a, we got married, had a baby. No, we had a baby, got married, bought a house. Yeah. Like there's, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff go on those years this year. And I would say those three have to be, uh, the top. And then, uh, everything else is really just gravy at this point. You know, we're, uh, I've got this, this baby, uh, going to be a driving van for us, uh, next summer, Ron, when you come visit, uh, we'll have her, you know, we've got the Churchill phone book is very thin. So we've got like a thousand of them stacked up so she can see mm-hmm. over the dashboard. Um, so she'll be tooling you around. Uh, nobody else is using them. You might have them all, might as well have them all there for the baby. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, so it's been, it's been an adjustment, but you know, this baby saw her first polar bear when she was two months old. So we've been really just trying to, uh, get out in it. Julie took her snowshoeing today and, uh, you know, she's been birding. I don't know how much she actually sees, but at least we're birding or we're, uh, looking for polar bears or doing whatever. And she's there, uh, as well. So hopefully by the time, uh, these memories start sticking, um, it'll just be second nature to go out and, you know, do some of the things like Ron was talking about going out and finding something new every time. And it's fun for us being relatively new to the area. Cause it's, you know, a lot of these things are, you know, we saw our first Hudsonian Godwit this year. Ooh. Ooh. Right. You know, it's, and it's so, so there are a lot of firsts. I, I, I knew the, the flora and fauna of where I lived for the last 20 years very well and so it's fun to branch out into some some new stuff and and uh it's it's i guess it's not nearly new it's just a little different yeah i still haven't even looked up the hudsonian godwit after it was kind of a letdown after finding out hey they were right there in anchorage where you lived anyway. <laughs> Before. yeah i didn't look for them. but here they're everywhere <laughs> right no it's and a lot of the plants are just a little different and um yeah getting out Picking berries, just getting into the the lifestyle here. Bought a bought a skidoo, gonna start adventuring on the land a little more. Got a, a long list of adventures, but I've been meaning to try, and uh, finally got some people talked into doing it with me. <laughs> so so yeah, I I think this year twenty twenty two was a blur, but I think rolling into twenty twenty three, it'll be a nice. We'll settle into this new house and be able to get some routines, get out more, do some adventuring, get this. So this baby's seen polar bears. She's done a a lot of birding, um, but she has yet to see a good Northern Lights show. So we're going to have to. No, I take that back. Nope, she did. Nope, she's done it all. This kid's just jaded at this point. (laughs) She's she's eight months old and jaded. Her first is going to be like seeing a big city. Right. First time riding in an elevator. Where will that be? Also, how do we set that up? I'm going to call BS on your uh, phone book comment. The population, according to Wikipedia of Churchill, is 899. So there's probably not even a thousand phone books in that city. (laughs) They call it a phone pamphlet. The it's a phone brochure. Phone I do flyer. like it's a small town. So like when somebody asks a phone number, asks for a phone number for a business or something, you can just give them the last four digits because everything else is implied. Like, you know, yeah, oh, they're six, seven, four, nine. Okay. 
Hey, Drew, we're recording this episode on the 28th of December. Are there any bears left? Have you seen any polar bears or are they all gone? They're, they're all, oh, let's see. Last polar bear I saw was uh, December 5th this year. It was a family group, a mom with two cubs that were hunkered in the trees when we were, I was out running the dogs. And, uh, but yeah, it was weird. It kind of looked like it was going to freeze up and then it just didn't. And there was just a little bit of ice out there was enough for the bears to kind of go walk around out there, but you could tell that the ice just went to the horizon. So it wasn't real productive for them. So you got the sense you were still on kind of high alert for them. Um, but we just weren't spending as much time looking for them. A lot of the trails and snowed in and things like that, but you just kind of, you knew they were there. And a couple of times the dogs stumbled on bear beds and, and things like that. Um, right up until, yeah, that was all kind of early December. Um, but now I feel like there's, I haven't checked the, uh, the satellite data yet, but I, I just, I feel like they're, they're gone now. My gut tells so the me. the ice is there. The ice is formed. It's yeah. well. We've had it. some big North winds and some cold temps. And so I feel like it's, it's getting to be more productive, uh, uh, bears out on the ice time. So now that you have a snow go, what does that get used for? Are you out looking for like Arctic foxes or what are you doing with that? You can take it down to the store to get groceries. <laughs> uh, can take it, uh, <laughs> oh, well, some friends have some cabins and things like that. We can go zip around, uh, and just exploring, like going out. That's when you can find some of the wolves and moose and, and things like that, that are, that are not necessarily going to be right next to town, but they're just a little ways. They're there. They're just a little ways out. Uh, so yeah, we'll get some, some exploring then go up river. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say you could probably explore a lot of other stuff that there's no other time of year that you're going to get there, right? Yep, and eventually, once it gets a little more firmed up, uh, I'd like to get out on the ice, maybe look for some bears out on the ice, um, or just get out on the ice and check it out. So that's always, you never do that by yourself though, right? You always got to have like a little crew, a little posse to go with you? Oh, yeah. And one, I've got, I, I do have a good crew of friends here that are uh, willing to do some stuff like that. Yeah, so we've got some some exploring. They're all out of town though right now for for Christmas and the holidays and whatnot. So just kind of waiting for everybody to get back. It's been it's been a nice quiet uh, December. You know, recovering from the the hectic polar bear season, and then you can just December is nice and mellow. We've had some nice aurora shows. Uh, there's nobody here. Uh, it is very quiet and nice. I love it. Yeah, we don't hear for you from you for like six weeks straight, and then. Finally, you get to decompress. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, I'm back on the group chats with a vengeance. <laughs> Catch up. <laughs> Did you get your pumpkin pie? No. That's a that's whole a thing. Good, that's a solid question. That's <laughs> disappointing. Is that why it's your favorite? Because you never get Scarcity. it? Scarcity. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, maybe. <laughs> yeah. The last year has been a blur. I was trying to find some more highlights in there, but it's hard to even touch those life milestones. So what's a, what's a goal, a goal that you have for next year? I am going to be doing full sky, real time Aurora video. Like when that, when those lights really get ripped, I really want to capture what it's like to stick your head in an Aurora, Aurora show with the, I just, I don't know, something about the, the full sky thing. I want to, I want to get that dialed. And so that's my, my personal goal for 2023. 
I'll have it dialed by the time it? you get here. We can do it together. Yeah, you better. That's what that's what I'm paying for. <laughs> <laughs> you said you wanted polar bears. This is a yeah, just I bonus. Did. He wants a polar bear under the Aurora. Oh, I've been working on that too, but I'm not going to divulge my secrets on that one yet. <laughs> I think you already did in a past podcast. No, this is all classified information. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or maybe I did. I don't know. The, the microphone turns on. I just black out. I have no idea what comes out. Well, at least it's not the F-bombs. Yet. <laughs> Brandon, how about you? What's a goal for next year? I mean, a high-level goal for me is just get out more and shoot. I've been spending way too much time in front of this computer uh, editing. But I really want to get on a fox den. And every time I hear about one, they get pushed or something happens to it. And so it's my my goal here. Well, we'll probably have some swift fox for you. And typically we have some red fox. You can just jump up here because they don't get pushed as much with no yeah. people viewing them. So, yeah. And Ron always has the spots. Well, I want to go back up and do the sharp tails. Sharp tails are fun. It's definitely fun. And what going back to our previous conversation and it's tougher with the sharp tails because there's always wind on that ridge. It's, it's always ripping pretty good. So to find a day with no wind and go up and get some good audio of the sharp tails, just, you know, they're, they'll dance around a microphone. So if you just put a microphone right in the middle of the lack and, and then just move back out of the way and let them do their thing, you're going to get some crazy sounds. They've got, they're so fun to watch, but they're they're fun to listen to as well, because there's all these little intricate noises, depending on the behavior that they're that they're displaying. Is that lek that we shot at that one time? Is that the is that your main go to spot? Yeah, that's the primary one for sure. Um, it's it's easy to shoot, and on the days where it's real cold, or I'm taking somebody that's uh, maybe not physically able to sit out there on the on the cold ground um, like this year for, for instance, and this is going back to these first, this was probably one of the highlights of my year actually. And I'm glad we started talking about this because I completely forgot about it. So I went and did a speaking engagement over in uh, Casper, Wyoming, which is about 40 miles from here. And one of the guys, he was uh, 93 years old. And he said, you know, I've never seen those grouse and I, I just want to see those grouse before I die. And uh, so that weekend, uh, he gave me his number. That weekend, I called him. I said, hey, what are you doing in the morning? And he didn't have any plans. So we went up and he shot sharp-tailed grouse. from, And we just shot from the vehicle. I put him on the, the side of the lek. Um, he wasn't mobile at all. But he had the time of his life and you know i thought he was bored because he kept his window you know part way up he wasn't he wasn't shooting all the time but he was just having the time of his life just watching watching those little guys dance and fight and they're just super vocal super active and it it was a blast it was one of the better days on that lek that i've ever seen and it was it was good to have him with um be able to show somebody that's been on the planet that long something they've never seen before in person. It was pretty awesome. 
but yeah, that's definitely the go-to lack. And for that reason, just because it offers some, uh, and the reason that I say you can, you can shoot from a vehicle if you needed to is you're almost eye level because there's a little ditch on the side of the road and, uh, it takes you down to eye level with the, with the grouse. Yeah. The cool thing about that spot is you're on private ground, right? So mm -hmm. you're on a private road. And so you don't have to worry about tons of traffic. Right. And it's yeah. out in the middle of Wyoming and the best way to shoot is be on the ground, but you can do it from the car, which mm -hmm. is pretty cool for an opportunity like that. Right? Yeah. Just to get yeah, someone absolutely. exposed to it or take a kid out there, you know, that's just trying to, to shoot. And the sharp tails are cool because they'll come back. If you booger out a, a, a sage, sage grouse, grouse yeah. forget it. They're not coming back. You're done yep. for the day. But with the sharp tails, they can, something can fly over or something and they all scatter, but they'll be back, which gives you plenty of opportunities to make some cool stuff. Mm -hmm. I did film, I did film sage grouse through the legs of a cow this year too. That was, that was new. And got the video, so it was pretty cool with the silhouette going by and sage grouse just popping right at what what would you say? Sub utter. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that's you could do a whole book on that. I know. Sub I've, utter book. I've got several book ideas. I am definitely doing a uh poop calendar next year so be on the lookout if you want a good gag calendar gift to buy your boss for christmas next year i'm putting together well, speaking a, of books that putting was together a, a doozy you. yeah well yeah that was a that was another first this year was doing a book and that all came about because of the grandson um as soon as i found out i was just you know i we were talking about a little bit before the show, but I'm kind of to the age now where it's, if you're going to do it, you got to just do it. Can't wait around for it to happen anymore. You got to make it happen. And um, I've talked about and thought about writing a book uh, for a long time and was able to team up with a very successful children's author who's located in Casper, Casey Rizloff. And Casey and I put together this uh, children's book. It's got, a lot of my photographs and then um, a couple photographs from, well, my son has one image in the book, Scott Wilson, who's been a guest on the show a couple times and uh, has kind of loosely become a, a friend, acquaintance. Scott lent me an image um, to use uh, because I didn't have a burrowing owl bringing food in back to the young and Scott had that. So he let me use an image of his for that book as well. So, you know, it was a, it was a collaboration, um, but the rest of the images in the book are mine and it's, it's just something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And it's, we made it so that it's useful to a wide range of kids ages because you can kind of grow with, the book and the information that's in the book. And I think there's a lot of adults could learn a lot from reading that book. I haven't had any of them say they didn't learn anything when they read it. That was, so that was a, you know, that was a goal, something everybody's going to learn from. And so we'll put a, a link in the show notes to Ron's uh, e-commerce page where you can actually just order that book right up. 
So everybody needs to go out and order five copies for all your gift giving next year. How's yeah, shipping to I Canada? Prefer, I, you know what? I have to ship. I have to ship four books to Canada. So I'll let you know. Okay. Very soon. Yeah, Drew, you need one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, and obviously, it's going to be a lot of wildlife that's no longer in your area. So <laughs> it'll be new for your daughter too, even though she's jaded already with so the, jaded with the Arctic wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a it was a good year. It you know, there's some of those things that you never think about. You don't think about the opportunity to show a 93 year old something new. Usually, it's the other way around, right? And then to be able to introduce now that my kids are grown and they've they've been able to go out and spend time with me out there and now being able to introduce my grandson um, at some point and kind of start that cycle over and let him learn what it's all about to be, you know, to make sure that he's not growing up as a city kid. You want to keep him wild as long as you can. So to be able to do that and start that cycle all over again, I think, that's what it's all about for me, you know, learning something new myself and then being able to uh, teach someone else. So it's a good year and that's the goal for next year. I've got a lot of new things on the horizon. I've never seen a wild polar bear. Um, and so I'm, the plan is to get two opportunities in totally different circumstances and make 2023 kind of the year of the polar bear or, and then, you know, wild walrus, um, I really, really, really am holding out hope that maybe we'll run into a pot of narwhal. We kind of, that's why we are going to Svalbard when we're going, kind of time it with the ice breakup and, and the narwhal being able to migrate uh, north around the island. So I, it's probably not going to happen. It's pretty rare that, you know, that anybody sees them, but it's a possibility at least, and that's all you can ask for. But there's several species I know that I'm going to get that I've never, that I've never photographed before, let alone, you know, like I said, some of them never seen them in the wild. So 2023 is going to be a big one. Just don't try to fly there on Southwest. <laughs> yeah. I had to change my tickets. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't that doesn't age as well as it sounds like it's going to. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy what this this last little storm kind of laid out for people. It was, you know, it was funny with all the the travel that got diverted. They the airlines spent a couple well, about a week and a half telling people they would refund their money before the flight because they knew what was coming and they knew that there wasn't much they could do about it. You know, we were supposed to have a lot more snow than what we got. We really didn't, didn't get that much snow, but certainly got the cold. Like I said, it's, you know, 115 degree swing between last Wednesday or last Thursday and this Monday just in a few days. And that's, that's the new uh, Wyoming people are all about not having anybody else move in. So they want to, you know, keep it the least populated state in the union. That's the goal. And so 
there's uh, some talk of putting up some billboards that said, you know, remember in on December, whatever, 24th, it was 165 degrees colder than it was in July. So <laughs> that's going coming up on a billboard near you. <laughs> but, well, looking forward to to the guests that we're going to have in 2023 as well. We've already got some some great guests lined up. We're working on that more and more every day. If you've got ideas for guests that you'd like to hear, uh, we certainly will do our best to get them on. There's a, a couple names that keep coming up, and we're just going to keep trying. We're going to have um, to finally figure out time zones with some of our transatlantic we're guests. Definitely going to have to figure out time zones. And I think we're going to have to probably just miss some sleep to get a couple of these guys and gals on uh, because they're just, they're definitely people that need to get their names out there and people need to hear their stories. I need to hear their stories. So I, I certainly want to have them on, but that's uh uh, 2023s it's hard to believe mike that basically this is the 7th year now we're going into season 6 7th year that we've actually been working on this project and that really kind of blows my mind yeah no kidding i would have never guessed yep so Ooh. season 6 buckle up buttercup we're about to go for a ride <laughs> So we want ideas from, from listeners about potential guests, but we also want ideas about trivia questions from, from listeners. So we haven't got the email address quite figured out yet. We can't just give you our general email address because Ron will It's got to be just coming to me. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to give out Drew's personal email address. So... Stay tuned on that one. But what I could probably do is on this show notes page, we will get it figured out. But if you've got a trivia question that would be awesome, a good stumper for everybody, just go to the show notes page for this podcast. And at the very bottom under the link section, I'll put in a link to the trivia email, which Drew's going to set up. And that way you can submit that and none of us contestants can see it. I already failed. Yeah, sure you guys I yeah, failed at setting because, up doozies. Because I am the only one that would cheat if I saw the question. <laughs> well, yeah, I've been known to check that email address every now and then too, and I would. I can't say that I wouldn't look. Well, we uh, just need to remove temptation. Right. <laughs> What'd you say, Brandon? Based on what? I said based on my handicap that I'm going to need, I am not beneath it. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to up our security, our cyber security on the trivia here. Well, it'll be pretty easy I'll if you create the, the password. <laughs> so those are the two asks of the, of the listeners, but we also have the, the precision camera sponsorship and that promotion is still going on. So if you got all this Christmas money, or Hanukkah money, or money in general, or you won the lottery like Ron does, or hasn't tries. yet, but he will win. Tries. I, I'm going to win it five bucks at a time. That's <laughs> that is basically what's going on right now. But if you got all this money, go to Precision, and you can still use the fifty off of five hundred 
code to get $50 off of your next $500 expenditure from Precision. Thank you all for making 2022 a great year. And please, please keep listening because we've got some unbelievable stories coming. Cue the music. You've been listening to the Wild and Exposed podcast. If you haven't yet, please give us a rating and a review. And make sure you're subscribed so that you'll get every episode we produce as soon as we drop it. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We're gonna make it someday. Nothing's gonna get in our way. We will be the biggest band in time.